Hey guys, Pastor Jason here, uh, Rock Church, North County. Uh, the reason you're seeing me is we're currently in the series called At the Movies. Uh, we're exploring biblical truths with some of Hollywood's biggest blockbusters, but for licensing reasons, we can only show those live in our campuses. So let me encourage you, grab a friend and make it to one of our campuses. You're not going to want to miss. It's going to be a powerful series uh, as we explore those biblical truths. So join us. Um, but I wanted to just give you a quick word. You know, speaking of movies, actually, my wife and I, we were just at the movies and saw um, one of the new Star Treks that just came out. I don't know about you, but as a kid growing up, and I love that series, I love that show, and when I was growing up, the, the next generation was the really popular one, but I always was always drawn to the original, the original cast with Captain Kirk and, and all those guys, and my favorite character was Spock. Spock was like the coolest dude ever, like he like never got upset, he was always calm under pressure, really just thought that was, he was a cool character, I was really attracted to him, and the reason why he was like that was because... The fictional race that he was was called Vulcans, this alien race, right, that they made up for the show. And their idea was that emotions were bad, that you couldn't allow emotions to really creep in because it would get in the way of things. And so they were driven completely by logic and reason, right, everything they did. So you never saw Spock smiling. You never saw him getting upset, right? He didn't know what love was. He never got angry. So no matter what was going on around him, he was just always calm, cool, and collected. Well, the reality is that we're humans. We're, We're not Vulcans, right? We're not made that way. Uh, we have emotions, right? I mean, try telling someone who's just lost a loved one that the pain they're feeling isn't real, right? Or I, I recently had a, a child about a year ago, and when I held her for the first time, there's no way you could have convinced me that the love and the joy in my heart was, was just somehow made up or a figment of my imagination. It was as real as I am sitting here talking to you right now. And so we know that the Bible tells us we were made in God's image. And, and Scripture reveals throughout all of Scripture that God has emotions, we see that God gets angry, right? God gets jealous for us as his people, right? He's loving, he's kind, he's generous, right? He, he so loved the world that he gave, right? He's loving and he's generous. We see these things in scripture. And so if we're made in his image and God has emotions, then therefore we are created with emotions. We're created to have emotions. And the, the, the issue, though, unfortunately, is not that we have them. It's that a lot of times we allow them to control us rather than us controlling them. You know, perfect example, right? If you're angry... You can't just go and do whatever it is that's in your mind, right, to, to act out on that emotional anger, right? Because you do that, then you're going to probably do something that's going to end you up in jail or perhaps dead, right? You just can't do that. So we, we have to get to a place where we start to control those emotions. And if you just allow anger to run its course, then you're going to get in trouble. But instead, if you were to take a moment, say if you were angry, for example, and just examine your heart, why am I angry right now in this moment? And then start to then think, okay, how, do I, how should I then respond to this? And then you can follow that with some biblical ideas and how you should how you should walk out of that situation then that's more honoring of god than if you just fly off the handle and allow emotions to control you in fact james tells us in the book of james chapter 1 verse 20 that human anger doesn't produce the righteousness of god you know one of the reasons we get angry is because we feel like there isn't justice like we've been wronged or perhaps someone that we know has been wronged and so we feel there needs to be justice, right? We're, we, we think that way because God is a God of justice, right? He, he wants to see righteousness happen. But our anger doesn't produce that. And part of the reason for that is because, well, we have sin in our life. We are infected by sin. We have a sin nature, the Bible says. And because sin has crept into our emotions, we have to learn how to control them. You know, we, we can look back to the very beginning. Even before there was sin in the world, right? You had Adam and Eve. Again, we see emotion. Right, Adam is created, and God's trying to give him a good uh, helper, a companion, and you know all these things just aren't working out until finally he creates woman. He creates Eve. Adam wakes up and he sees Eve there. You can imagine the emotion he was feeling, the excitement, 
the joy in his heart as he saw this perfect companion. In fact, he sings a song right after when he first sees Eve for the first time, and it says that they were naked together and they weren't ashamed. I'm sure Adam was really enjoying it when he first found Eve. And yet, the very next chapter, right, here comes the serpent. Here comes sin into the human race. He says this small little lie to her. He says, did God really say that, that you really couldn't eat of any tree in the garden? You see, and a lot of times, the reason why emotions get us in trouble is because they're based on false premises. They're, they're based on half-truths. And the emotions that we have aren't even based in reality. For example, if we don't believe that God is loving and in control of all things in our circumstances, that's going to lead us down the road of feeling desperate and lonely and as if there's no hope in our life because, well, God's not in control. But we know that God is in control. And so we have to make sure that we believe the right things in order to frame our emotions that come in and out of our, our, our minds and our hearts so quickly. And so we think about Eve. Here she's just been told by this serpent, by the devil, that God has been holding out on her, that he hasn't really told her the full truth. And we know that's not real, but she was thinking these things. You can imagine the thoughts going through her head, the emotions she was feeling, perhaps of disappointment or frustration that, is, is God holding back from me? Is he not giving Adam and I everything that we deserve? You can sense the, the, the longing in her heart. You can sense that there was perhaps even some fear creeping in that, gosh, maybe Maybe this isn't everything that, that I thought it would be. And unfortunately, she decides rather than taking a moment to reflect on that and remind herself of the truths of what God has told her, she decides to allow those emotions to carry into action. And the minute she did that, sin entered into the human condition. She grabbed Adam, and together they went and they ate of that fruit, and together they brought sin into this world. You see, but when they were thinking the thoughts of fear and frustration, perhaps loneliness, they hadn't yet sinned. You see, the emotions in and of themselves aren't the sin. It's when we allow them to, to birth into thoughts and those thoughts birth into action, that's when sin starts to enter in. And so the million-dollar question is, how are we going to control those emotions? How do we do this? Right? Because emotions can be powerful. Right? Look at any teenager that falls in love, and it's evident that emotions are powerful. Right? They'll do completely irrational things all in the name of love because I, just, I have to have this person because I love them and there will be no one else for me the rest of my life. Right? We, we know that as time goes on that that's not really the case, but emotions can be very, very powerful things. There's a couple ways I want to give you that you can start to work towards getting a better handle and control on the emotions that you experience on a daily basis. The first thing is you can give those emotions to God. When you're overcome with, with anger or fear or frustration or perhaps disgust at someone or something or even disgust or shame over yourself, take a moment to submit that to God. Go to his cross to say, Lord, I don't know exactly if this is real or not, but I need to, I need to come to you with this. Right? We, we know that God can empathize. You see, when Jesus walked this earth, we see in him, again, more of those emotions, right? He loved and he wept when his friend Lazarus was dead. And he, he knew what it was like to have emotions. He knew, he knows what it's like to be a man. And so when we come to God, we're coming to someone who understands what we're going through. Now, God is without sin, so he's not going to lead you down the wrong road of what you should do with that. He's going to be able to minister to you. And sometimes when we come to him with those emotions, he'll simply reassure us. He'll simply remind us of the truths, of who he is and how much he loves us, the plans he has for our lives. Other times, he might prompt you. He might say, you know what? You need to go forgive that person. That's really at the root of where this emotion is coming from. Or perhaps you need to ask for forgiveness from that person for that thing that you did. That's why you have those feelings you have right now. You see, God will always lead us into a path that will allow us to act in a way that honors him 
And that's a holy act. It's not going to allow us to go down this road of allowing sin to creep into the emotional state that we find ourselves in. You know, and the Bible gives us lots of examples how to do this. You know, I love the Psalms, right? Songs is what, what that word really means. It's, 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 it's people pouring out their hearts to God, right? David is one of the, one of the psalm writers. I love David's Psalms. Now, you see the full range of emotions. I, you know, I used to, when I was younger, think that, man, this, this David guy, he's a schizophrenic, right? On one minute, he's praising God, right? Telling him, God, thank you for being my fortress, my refuge. And then, like, a couple lines later, he's saying, God, how could you forsake me? How could you leave me without any protection? How could you let my enemies trample over me? And it's not that he's schizophrenic. He's just normal. He's just like you and me. It's just that in the Psalms, we get to see the full range of emotions being expressed, you know, David didn't sanitize his prayers, right? He would, he would go to God and say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. And he, would, he wouldn't try and, try and hide that from him. He would just, in the raw state that he found himself, he would cry out to God. Good, bad, or indifferent, he was always crying out to God and, uh, and trusting God. And what you'll notice in those Psalms is that he always ends the same way by saying, Lord, I trust you. Despite my feelings, despite my circumstances, I trust you. This is a beautiful example for us that we, we can go to God. We can be raw with him. We can allow our emotions to come out. We can cry. We can scream. We can beat the floor. We can say, Lord, I don't understand, but I know you do. I know you have a plan and a purpose for all this. And know that God's not going to think less of you. He's not going to love you less because you're coming to him in this way. He understands. He empathizes with us in that. And the fact is, the Bible says he knows every thought in our head anyway. So why would we try and somehow censor how we're feeling towards him? The second thing that you can do is get yourself into authentic community. You can share your emotions with other men and women who love God. You know, if you're living an isolated life, if you don't have that authentic community in your life, then you're not really living the Christian life. Fifty-nine times in the New Testament, it mentions the words one another. There's so many of these one another's that we should love one another, we should encourage one another. That if you don't have those people in your life to share with, then you're missing out on what it means to be part of the kingdom of God and, and part of God's family. You see, when you share your emotions with other people, it gives you a chance to share that burden. It allows other people to come alongside you, to, to encourage you, to exhort you, to, to, to speak truth, to remind you of the truth perhaps that you've forgotten in that moment. We, we need the community. If you don't have it, let me encourage you, get involved with a life group. You need to take that step to be vulnerable. Be, allow yourself to open up and invite people into your life. It'll radically transform your ability to not only be encouraged, but to control those emotions that can seem so powerful at times. And the third thing is you just have to recognize that without God, you have very little, if any, hope of controlling those emotions. You see, God has given us his spirit. Gospel of John tells us that the Spirit dwells in us and lives in us, and the Spirit of God is with us to encourage us and to strengthen us. You see, it's by increasing and improving our walk with God, our daily walk with Him, that's ultimately what's going to help you get to that place where you can control your emotions. You see, daily intake of Scripture, a vibrant prayer life, authentic community, these are things that are going to help you take those steps to where emotions aren't controlling you, but you, in fact, when you feel them, no matter how powerful they may feel, you can take the proper steps to respond in a biblical way. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for the emotions. Lord, we, we see them as a gift. We don't deny that they're real. We don't think that they're all evil. God, but we, we, we see them as a gift. And we just ask for your strength to encourage us to be good stewards of the emotions you've given us and that we can use them in a way that glorifies you that brings honor to your name. Lord, and I pray for each and every person watching this right now, God, that you would remind them of your love for them, that you would strengthen them by your spirit, God, that you would show them the ways that they can respond and ways that honor you. 
that ultimately we bring glory to your name. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. Our thoughts determine what we do. They impact our moods, direct what we say, and how we respond to drama in our lives. Inside Out is a movie about five types of thoughts in our head. Joy, anger, disgust, fear, and sadness. And even though there are good uses for all of them, joy is the only one that's helpful all of the time. When joy is in charge of our thoughts, we'll be healthier, you'll make better decisions, you'll think more clearly, and basically you'll be more like God. You'll notice throughout the movie that joy is the leader of the other thoughts. She's always positive, the glass is always half full, and she never loses faith. And even though each of these thoughts are always fighting to express themselves, they all acknowledge that only joy is qualified to provide a high-quality life, a happy life. As a matter of fact, when joy gets disconnected from Riley's head or headquarters, disgust, fear, and anger try to imitate her, but they can't. So the million-dollar question for you is not what is going on in your head, but how can you impact, alter, and determine what goes on in your head? Is it possible to change what you think, predetermine a better response to unexpected drama? Is it possible and would you like to ensure that the joy of the Lord is the number one influence on your thoughts and your decisions? My prayer is that you learn how to quiet the negative thoughts of anger, fear, disgust, and sadness in your head, and that the voice of the joy of the Lord will scream, I love you, I believe in you, I have great plans for you, and if the joy of the Lord is your strength, what great strength you will have and what a great life you will have. Enjoy the movie. Imagine there were two dogs fighting in a cage. Which dog do you think would win? Easy answer. The dog that wins is the one you feed, the dog you train, the dog you invest in. The way to ensure that joy is the strongest influence on your thoughts is to feed the dog that produces the joy. Some people think that the most influential factor on your thoughts is what you put in your head, but actually it's what you put in your heart. It's your spiritual condition. It's out of the heart that flow love and hate, murder and compassion. Therefore, it is the condition of your heart, your relationship with God, that will more than anything else determine the thoughts in your mind. Galatians 5 tells us that joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit, while fear, sadness, anger, and disgust are more associated with the deeds of the flesh or our sinful nature, and these are at war with each other. Galatians 5 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, or the desires of our sinful nature, are evident. And let me paraphrase. They are disgust, a spirit of fear, sadness, a negative outlook on the amazing life God has intended you to have, seeing things as half empty all the time, an outburst of anger. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are at war with each other. Everyday fear screams for attention. Anger is fighting to be heard. Thoughts of disgust about people and situations in your life is trying to fill your head while joy is trying to see things from God's perspective. You'll notice in the next scene when Joy is hyped about Riley's first day in her new school, the other four thoughts are freaking out. Our flesh wants to fill our mind with negativity and fear, while the Spirit of God desires to bless you with the joy of the Lord. 
The bad news is that these two groups are at war with each other. The good news is that you can decide if joy wins that battle, and it's as simple as nurturing and investing in your spiritual life. How do you do that? Read God's word, pray, worship, memorize scripture. Decide today that you will join a small group and surround yourself with people who will encourage you and love you in God's word. Attend our life class and find out how God designed you and begin to serve. Jesus says that when we are faithful in the little things God has called us to do, we will enter into the joy of the Lord. Matthew 25, 23, he says of that person, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many and you will enter into the joy of the Lord. Feed that good dog and nurture hunger and thirst for righteousness in your life. And the joy of the Lord will drown out your sadness, your fear, your disgust and your anger. What's Riley going to do now? Joy just got sucked out of headquarters into long-term memory. Can you imagine life without joy? You're getting ready to find out. But before we get back to the movie, here's another step you can take to make sure that joy influences your thoughts. Notice that even in this bad situation, joy stays positive. Even during hard times, joy is still joy. The source of your joy needs to be something that never changes. It needs to have a source that is not impacted by your circumstances. And that's Jesus, the living word. Jesus stays the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Use Jesus Christ and God's word as a filter to distinguish between what is true in your life and what's a lie. Think on these things. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, my brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue or if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This means we need to intentionally resist negative thoughts and submit them to God. 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It's one thing to acknowledge bad thoughts, but it's another to intentionally think on the things that will replace those negative thoughts with God-honoring thoughts. Once joy was trapped outside of headquarters, anger, disgust, sadness, and fear all freaked out because they realized without joy, Riley would never be happy again. Anger, disgust, and fear even tried to give Riley their version of joy, but they all admitted that was impossible. The Bible says that the anger of man cannot bring about the righteousness of God. Joy spent every second an ounce of energy trying to get back to headquarters because she knew that if she wasn't running the show, Riley's life would be filled with anger, disgust, and fear. No matter how hard you try, none of your natural efforts can replace what the Spirit of God can do in your life. None of your accomplishments can provide the satisfaction that God brings. So many people try to overcome the fear in their lives by saving a lot of money. They manipulate people in an attempt to feel more safe. Others deal with their anger by being mean and controlling, while other people medicate their sadness with drugs and alcohol. And then you see people who are just disgusted with everyone and everything in their life. Unfortunately, there's no amount of fun that can replace the joy of the Lord. There's no amount of money that can replace the contentment of God. It's paramount that we do whatever we can to ensure that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If not, you'll start living a self-destructive life. In the natural world, joy comes from our circumstances, comfortable environments, big savings account, good friends. And while all those things are understandably desirable, life happens and things change. 
But what is constant is God's love for us. And his love is the source of all true eternal joy, a joy that can guide us no matter what our circumstances are. When the Bible says that the fruit of the spirit is joy, it means that the result of surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and depending on the spirit of God is the joy of the Lord, a joy that circumstances cannot take away. If you would like to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and receive the spirit of God, the source of all the joy you can handle, it's as simple as A, B, C. First A, admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Second is B, believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And finally C is confess. First John 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you believe these things and would like to ask Christ to be your savior, right now I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and repeat after me. Just pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and rose from the dead for my sin. And I confess Jesus as my savior. Please forgive me. I repent of my sin and I surrender my life to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, no matter what campus you are in, I'm going to ask you to stand up in a minute. And there's going to be somebody there who's going to pray with you. So no matter what campus you're in, if you prayed that prayer and you're saying, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to stand. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.